KCSB FM, Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Kalia Kwa. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. Tonight you'll hear about a group of peers who are volunteering to support their fellow gauchos' emotional well-being. And they are doing it through a texting platform called Lean On Me. Three leaders from the group are here to tell us more. Hi, thank you for having us. My name is Natalie Harriet, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the current chapter president of Lean On Me. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really excited to have the chance to talk about Lean On Me on your radio show. So my name is Molly, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the supporter coordinator at Lean On Me. And I'm Haley Kim, my pronouns are she, her, hers as well, and I'm the current finance chair of Lean On Me. Could you guys explain to me what the process of Lean On Me? So Lean On Me is a peer-to-peer text-based mental health support hotline. Uh, We are 24-7 and anonymous. So basically, students in the Isla Vista and UCSB community can text us at any time, 24-7. Our number is 805-874-5888. And what happens is once they text in, their text gets sent to all of our supporters in our network. And whoever is the first one to see their text will claim it. And then they'll be matched for an individual conversation. Everything is encrypted, so everybody's privacy is protected. We don't reveal information about names, majors, grades, stuff like that. We don't do any personal identifying information from our supporters. And we also will not ask that of our users as well to protect their privacy. And students can talk about a specific mental health concern that they have. They could vent if they've just got a little situation like on their chest that they want to talk about. Um, Or they can also come to us for resources. We really like to refer students to other campus resources or to community community resources as well. Lean On Me was first founded at MIT after a string of suicides. Our founder, Daniel, thought that the competitive nature of MIT needed some community healing. So he founded Lean On Me and he coded and encrypted the website and the text line in order for students to text anonymously and get matched up with a peer in order to provide emotional support. I think it's a very inspiring thing that Daniel was able to do that, um, especially at such a competitive college as MIT. In terms of the technology behind it, it's pretty simple for users. All they have to do is text in and they agree to a bit of a consent form about what our text line is and they are ensured that it is 100% anonymous And as soon as they want to end the conversation, all they have to do is send a slash and a buy. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention is that Daniel and the rest of the national team's work has really just spread throughout the country. And I think that is so cool because currently we have 13 active chapters with more on the way. I have no doubt. And so there's hundreds of supporters across the country right now. Um, Same with executive members. And they're always bringing on new people and new ideas to lean on me. And we discuss them as a group. And I know that in the future, we're going to be connecting more with other chapters as well to kind of improve our own chapter, strengthen those connections, learn what other people are doing great with and how we can make our hotline better. 
And it's been really cool to see how much Lean On Me has evolved. I know as a whole, Lean On Me has an average response time of about five minutes. And I know that our hotline has an average response time of about four minutes. So just to clarify, so it's anonymous. Yeah, that's correct. Basically what happens is when a user texts our hotline, they do first have to accept terms and conditions. And basically what these terms and conditions entail is they say that if we think that they are in danger of harming themselves or someone else, we can transfer them to a crisis support hotline because we primarily deal with non-crisis situations. However, we do have the resources to connect someone with further help if they need it. And kind of popcorning off of what Natalie said about referring to resources, um, that's one of the key things that the Lean on Me hotline does, because we recognize how difficult it can be for college students at UCSB to co- overcome the existing barriers to mental health care, whether that be stigma, uh, maybe distance to mental health offices, maybe some students don't have cars to drive, um, other times mental health professionals or facilities may be pretty filled up. So there's a very long wait times or a lack of availability. And of course, there's also just a general wariness that some people may have when reaching out to mental health professionals. So the great, a great thing about Lean On Me is that we are able to provide an easy access, like the first step to maybe seeking mental health treatment because we'll walk them through what these resources provide for them and um, we just ease them into that a little bit better. So are you guys trained to be able to be support? Are you, could you talk to me a little bit about your background and what skills you acquired to allow you to, to serve in this way? So basically for the training process, um, once we have supporters apply and we interview them, we will run them through an online training, which includes a compilation of videos and articles about mental health. Um, The topics include vulnerability, self-care, the difference between empathy and sympathy, and other kinds of mental health issues, of course, along with micro skills and helping skills. And that online process doesn't take too long. And um, it also includes an assessment about um, the articles that they watch. They write a little bit about what they've learned. And then after that, we have a workshop training for them, which is about three to four hours. And that's where we go through more of the meat of how to be a supporter and the technicalities of the text line. And that's where most of us receive our training. In terms of my personal background, I am a psych major and I'm an aspiring clinical psychologist, but I would not call myself a professional. Um, That's kind of the this, the uniqueness of our text line is that we are peers and we are, right. are able to relate to our fellow students. I just want just to follow up. Also, when you when you talked with a peer, are you following a script or are you just speaking naturally to whatever they need? We do not follow a script. We encourage our supporters to be open and honest with the users they're talking to, provided they protect both parties' privacy. Um, So students can just talk about whatever. We want them to feel like they're talking to a friend. Some things we do avoid is we're not going to give them advice and tell them what they should do. We are here to offer suggestions and help them talk out the situation, but we're not here to tell them how to fix it. We can provide shelter without providing a solution. 
And we do recognize our limits that we are peers and we do go through some training, but we're not as extensively trained as a professional would be, even though many of us are aspiring uh, future psychologists or mental health professionals. We like to work closely with some campus departments to kind of refer students to them when we realize that, hey, this person could benefit from someone who has a little bit more experience than ourselves. Natalie, could you talk about your background a little bit? Um, are you are you're aspiring psycho aspiring psychologist? Yeah, so wow. I'm actually a language, culture, and society major, which is part of the linguistics program at UCSB. Okay, but I have an applied psychology minor, so psychology is what I do want to pursue as a future career. I'm hoping to go to grad school for clinical psychology next year hopefully obtain some MFT licensure. So this is a great stepping stone for me to kind of learn the basics of mental health, how to support other people and how to also take care of myself while supporting others. So how about you, Haley? I'm currently a psychology and economics double major and I'm not 100% sure what I want to do as far as careers go. However, Lean On Me has definitely taught me a lot of like micro skills that I use in my personal life. Through exec, I've been able to get more job experience and just kind of feel out um, both psychology and economics and like how that might look in the workplace as far as management goes. So it's definitely provided a lot of opportunities for personal growth. Can you ladies talk about how you stumbled upon Lean On Me? So I first saw Lean On Me on, on free and for sale Facebook. I believe it was oh, a no post. way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a post from Natalie actually, or Rashali, which is our founder. But anyways, so they just advertised Lean On Me as a way to gain experience about helping others and learn more about the mental health fields. And I thought that that would be absolutely perfect for me considering my career aspirations. So you must love it a lot. It's so much fun and it's been great to work with such a great group of individuals as well and meet new supporters and see how our team has grown over time. Beautiful. Sorry, I was just going to say it's a very unique opportunity that we're able to get this hands-on experience as undergrads. So that's really what got me so interested in it and committed to it now. Mm. Now, just within this time of the pandemic, um, we've all, we've already been dealing with a huge mental health crisis. Are you guys noticing any themes in what people are calling in or texting in about? Yeah, so as part of my role, what, what I do is I will review the conversations and I'll give the supporters feedback. Um, so what I've been noticing recently is definitely a lot of conversations about COVID and the pandemic and how that's affecting people mm-hmm. in specific, how it's affecting social support and relationships. There's been a lot of texts about difficulties with long distance relationships due to the pandemic and just stay at home orders. Mm-hmm. And there's also been a lot of texts about loneliness and isolation and just wanting to be around other people. Mm. Uh, that we are able to be used as a resource for somebody to reach out and talk to, especially in this time of of the of social isolation due to the pandemic. On top of that, we've also noticed that our supporters are struggling to just like any other student. So something we've really tried to do these past couple quarters is address different mental health topics at all of our meetings and talk about how we can support each other through the pandemic and through these 
interesting times because we're all navigating through it together. Right. We'll touch on topics like here's how to talk about um, politics when you go home to see your family for the holidays, or here are some views about intersectional views on mental health. Or this next week, since it's Black History Month, we're going to talk about Black women pioneers in mental health, and just addressing all these topics that our supporters want to know about that they may be personally interested in or personally struggling with, like how to care for the caregivers, stuff like that. We really want to make it feel like an inclusive environment and that they can reach out to us for support too. So we have each other along with having the users having us. It sounds like a very holistic approach. That's the goal. We try and create a community because that's going to help us be better supporters and a stronger group ready to respond to everybody. If somebody has some trouble with a conversation, we're very open about sharing those within our Lean On Me circle to get some advice like here, here's an idea on how you could respond to this text or here's another approach to handle this situation. And we have some really cool features in the hotline where we can transfer the conversation to another member if we think another member is a little more qualified to handle that type of conversation because of maybe some own personal experience or some extra knowledge that they may have. There's definitely a trend of people having struggles with like family and like being forced to stay at home all the time and being forced back into maybe unhealthy family dynamics. Yeah. Um, so we've definitely been training our supporters to be very mindful of that as well as like how to specifically support those issues. Right. Well, and there's so much of that right now because people are having to go back home and and deal with a lot of family issues right now. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, what what would you recommend uh, for students who are at home right now and maybe a toxic family environment? We had a supporter meeting where we focused on how to set boundaries. So mm -hmm. boundary setting is definitely a very important part of living at home when you maybe have a toxic um, behaving family member. There's a lot of other coping mechanisms. I think Molly probably has a few on deck. Yeah, I mean, we, we try to educate our supporters um, as much as possible about multiple kinds of mental health um, coping mechanisms, whether that includes uh, mindfulness practice, cultivating self-compassion, and of course, something like gratitude journaling. Um, we've talked a lot of journaling in the past and just how to keep up with self-care, especially during the pandemic. Um, the key thing that we try to focus on though during our conversations, especially if someone's talking about a toxic family dynamic, is just trying to um, make sure that the, the user is able to express their emotions fully without giving unsolicited advice or should statements. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we definitely avoid something like, oh, you should do this, you should do that, just because First off, we are not professionally trained. And second off, that is you know, the best way to emotionally support others and make them feel heard and listened to. Uh, maybe Natalie has something to add to that. Yeah, to add on to what Molly said too, is especially during the pandemic and especially considering that students are in so many different places right now, we really try to emphasize that campus resources are online as well. So we are there to help walk students through those processes where certain situations, someone might want to talk to a CAPS counselor. So we're there to help walk them through that virtual process, tell them what they should expect, kind of what it's going to look like, 
if we've had our if we've had our own experiences at CAPS, we can share a little bit about that as well, how the process looked for us. We try to be very open-minded and unbiased. So we don't pick favorites on certain resources over others. We just try to give them all to the student and let them choose whatever's gonna be best for them. If they express that, hey, I'm not too comfortable going to campus resources for whatever reason that might be. We're there to look up other resources that might be local to them and walk them through that or if they do have a toxic family situation and they feel a lot more comfortable living in Isla Vista we're there to help them look for places that can help get them rental assistance or food stuff like that to help them be as comfortable as they can. Natalie could you talk to me a little bit more about how you guys have been able to support each support the supporters uh, to support your peers throughout the pandemic, what kind of approaches are you using? So we try to do some social events among our group. We'll do like mental health bingo nights or a game night, or even just have a space for people to share what they're going through. We always ask at every meeting, like, does anyone wanna share their experiences with this or anything like that? Just to give a space for people to bring up what they're going through because oftentimes we can all relate to a person a lot more than they think. So when we start talking about those issues and having those discussions, it makes it a lot easier for us to cope and kind of realize, hey, we're not alone during these times. We usually try to do breakout rooms with about two to three people at once to just talk about how life is going. Good time to check in, learn some more about each other to help build that community. And having that stronger sense of community can help you feel a little better during these times because you do have that even though it's not physically there we are still here for everybody. Mm. Um, And we'll give opportunities for people to share their own experiences too. Like our last meeting, when we discussed intersectional views on mental health, we all went into breakout rooms and kind of talked about our own experience with race, how that might affect mental health, any privileges we may or may not have. Um, And then we came together as a group and had a really impactful discussion about that to kind of increase everybody's cultural humility and awareness and learn what we can do to support others who are different than ourselves. Right. I'm wondering too, did you, were you guys getting questions, especially during the election too, on like how how to talk to your family members who may have differing views or, you know, maybe people might not feel safe around some family members as well. Uh, based on certain political views and just based on all the heat that was going on over these past this past year? That, that is a great question. And I think um, Molly and Haley might be able to add a little more after. But what we try to do in those situations is sometimes, especially with family and politics being home, it is a little bit hard to escape some of that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we would offer some suggestions on how they could do that by like, hey, taking a break, going to the bathroom for five minutes and just taking some time to calm down, maybe close Mm -hmm. your eyes and take a deep breath. Little things that you can do that won't seem off to the other people that can help you kind of get yourself back in the right mindset. Or if it's something that you can't escape, walking them through some self-care techniques that they can do after the fact or even before the fact, if they know that they're gonna be in a stressful environment. Here's how to physiologically calm yourself down and get in a better mindset before you get in that situation. I'm taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, surprisingly, we haven't gotten um, any conversations, at least that I've seen 
on those topics, but I would assume that that is um, a very um, prominent thing that's going on in students' lives, especially surrounding the election and the Capitol riots and everything else that has been going on in politics. It's been a very tumultuous time. So I appreciate that question. And I think um, that's something that we've been focusing on educating our supporters about. As Natalie mentioned, we've had that whole session on how to talk to politics with your family, how to set boundaries. Yeah, I have experienced a little bit of this in my own personal life. And I always emphasize to our supporters the importance of, if you have the emotional energy, of course, but of listening and allowing a discussion to occur because sometimes the hardest discussions are the ones that need to happen. And especially when it's someone that you deeply care about, um, just focusing on listening and educating rather than getting angry and worked up because that is not productive in um, political conversations a lot of the time. Um, and then after that, like Natalie, um, was saying just to take care of yourself and check in with yourself and make sure that you're personally okay after a hard discussion and relying on those coping skills if need be. So we all know these past 12 months have been a lot. <laughs> Very true. And I'm wondering, have you guys been able to find a silver lining within this time and also within being able to offer your support? I would say that for me, it's been a really great thing and kind of helped me see see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit because I've seen how much our team has grown over the past few months and how much closer we've gotten. In spring quarter last year, we decided to put a little more structure into our meetings and kind of make it as interactive as we can so that it's not just us sitting there talking about a topic and everybody else listening. We don't want it to feel like a lecture. We want everybody to be involved, share their opinions. If someone's opinion is completely different than something we're, we're expressing, we'd love to talk about it and have a productive discussion, kind of like Haley was talking about, because having some of these discussions are really important whether it's mental health related, race related, political, any of the above, we've all been here to support each other and hear everybody's opinions and the diversity and kind of gain a new understanding from that. And feeling like I'm in such a supportive space, for me at least, I look forward to these meetings every week because I know that I'm cared about in these meetings and I care about these other people as well. So we always check, text each other to check in too. That's something I really like about this is it kind of extends beyond just our meetings. Someone's having a rough day, we'll check in on them, see what's going on. I remember specifically, I was having a rough couple of weeks uh, in fall quarter and some of my fellow exec members Molly and Haley included they brought me flowers and some candy Aww. and that made my week that was the sweetest Aww. thing ever so people really care about each other and I think that genuine care is what keeps me going and even though we're not physically together like we were in the past I still feel that equally as strong if not even more through through virtual zoom that was a beautiful answer, Natalie. I totally agree about the genuine connection is really keeping us all going and um, driving our connection among our supporters and our users and ourselves. Um, one silver lining that goes directly towards the users in this whole pandemic and the situation with COVID is definitely that we 
since we are a text line, we're able to reach all students, no matter their locations. Uh, we actually had a student text in from Sweden. So that was wow. interesting. Yeah. So we're able to reach all of them still and they can still connect to us no matter where they are. For my silver lining, I think a lot of what I was struggling with when COVID first started shutting stuff down was the lack of structure and having my executive team as well as set schedule within the meetings was super helpful. And then also we would have like little game nights after the supporter meetings, which was like a nice little break that since I was already there, it kind of just forced me to relax and enjoy the time with my um, or something else I would say that is also a silver lining for the users kind of piggybacking on what you both have said is just the fact that our hotline is anonymous you know right now in zoom people have mixed feelings about anonymity because sometimes people feel a little disconnected from people in class and stuff like that that they don't have the same in-person experience but to our benefit having our users be anonymous and same with our supporters really just makes like sets the foundation at a very equal playing field. There is absolutely no judgment because we know nothing about them. We only know what they tell us. We don't know their gender, their age, their race, their political affiliation, religious affiliation, none of the above. And they don't know that about us either. So it's a really just open, comfortable space, whatever they would like to share and they would like to express. We are here to listen and here to support them. But if there's anything they don't want to talk about, we're not going to make them talk about it either. So it's right. a really it's a really safe space where you can share the parts of yourself that you're comfortable with. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about someone judging you for something outside of that, if that makes sense. Right. I think there's something to say, too, about the the model that you guys have of just being this really non-judgmental space that also offers a solution, I think, to a lot of these problems that we've been seeing within the past 12 months of people not being able to fully see eye to eye, but here you guys are offering these really healing strategies in this, this way of being together that, that works really well. So I think, yeah, kudos to this beautiful organization for showing us another way of how we can really come together and, and hear each other out and support our community. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, thank you. I just so I just want to trail back a little bit. I I'm wondering does it do you guys have anything else to add that hasn't been covered yet? I think one thing I want to mention for anybody listening is that there is no shame in asking for help or admitting that you need support. Where you get that support is up to you. You can get that from friends or family possibly professors, community resources, Lean On Me is here for you. But regardless of what support method you choose, it's okay to admit that you're struggling sometimes and that you need help. And it's also okay to feel totally okay right now as well. Both ends of the spectrum is completely fine and everybody's experiences with the pandemic and everything else that has happened during the pandemic are going to be very different, but prioritizing your self-care and your mental health and taking a step back to ensure that you do make time to take care of your mental health and attend to your own needs is really important during these times. 
And going off of what Natalie is saying, um, I want to emphasize that all of us and all of our supporters, you know, we're all volunteers. We really enjoy this work and we enjoy using our empathetic skills to help other people and to listen to others and provide that emotional support because we all know how important it is and we are all extremely passionate about mental health. And because we have that passion, we hold a deep compassion and kindness and non-judgmental space as we've been emphasizing for all of our UCSB students. If people want to get involved, how are they able to get involved with the organization? I would encourage them to to get updates from us to join our organization on Shoreline. It's called Lean on Me colon UCSB. And basically what we'll do through there is send out messages when we're going to be doing recruitment and when we have events that are open to anybody, stuff like that for people to join in on. And also our application is open at any time. So to get to the application, you would go to leanon.me slash UCSB, but the O in on is a zero. So that's the one little catch to remember. And you just sign up with your phone number to make an account and our application is always there. So if you fill out an application, whenever our next recruitment cycle is, you will hear from us and we'll reach out, see how you can get involved. We also this quarter in winter quarter have our meetings every other Monday at 7.30 p.m. on the even weeks of the quarter. And those are open to community members. So if anyone wants to just learn a little more about who we are and drop in without having the commitment of actually responding to texts, we always welcome new faces. Wonderful. Thank you, Molly, Haley, and Natalie with Lean On Me for coming on Inside Isla Vista today. We're so lucky to have you. Thank you. We're so grateful for this opportunity. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. I'm Kali Aqua. You can catch a replay of this episode and other episodes on our SoundCloud. Search KCSB FM. Our theme music today is Siesta by Jazzer. This is Inside Isla Vista on 91.9 KCSB.